0: This episode of Insights is brought to you by MNP Digital, a firm that guides, protects and empowers organizations along their digital journey. See how at mnpdigital.ca. Welcome to this edition of the Insights Podcast on the Huddle Network. I'm Don Mills.
1: And I'm David Campbell.
0: David, I had a really good conversation with a longtime friend of mine, um, Malcolm Fraser, who's now the CEO of Innovol Core, which is a short which is short, short form for the Nova Scotia Innovation um, Corporation. Uh, Malcolm brings a, a very interesting background to this role. Um, you probably know that he was the um, founder and CEO of ISL which was, if not the first, among the first digital marketing companies in the region. Uh, So he's an entrepreneur uh, by training, I guess, brings that experience to his role. And we really had a a nice conversation about the unique things that InnovaCore is doing um, in Nova Scotia
1: yeah, they were the first of the of a series of organizations like that across the four Atlantic provinces the, to fund innovation, to fund startup companies. Uh, and I think your interview shows they've had quite a bit of success in recent years.
0: Yeah, and this is a continuing uh, you know uh, series of podcasts on the accelerators and incubators in the region that are making a real difference as we're finding out in creating uh, support systems for the startup uh, communities uh, across this region. And um, you know, one of the things that people may not uh, realize is that in Atlantic Canada, proportionally, we have a smaller private sector than almost anywhere else in the country. And it's held us back economically. It's hurt our economic uh, growth because uh, we have, we're kind of playing the man short is the way I like to put it. Um, and uh, these accelerators and incubators are, are helping us prime the pump for new entrepreneurs in the region. So it's very, it's very important work, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And of course, there's these types of facilities across the country. So just to be competitive with other provinces and other jurisdictions, we have to be, uh, have these kind of incubators and these uh, early stage funding programs for exciting tech-based startup companies. But you... Found out about the uh, the the first unicorn company that was has been supported by Innovacorp in your interview.
0: The name of the company is Meta Materials. People might be familiar with their uh, original product, which was a film, a transparent film, to be put on cockpits and airlines to prevent laser attacks. And uh, so uh, it was only six years ago, by the way, that uh, Innovacorp invested three million dollars. Uh, set up the company in uh, in their uh, incubator uh, facility called the Labs in Dartmouth. And in a short period of six years, uh, they went from starting this company to being listed on NASDAQ and being worth over a billion dollars. And and by the way, <laughs> this is really interesting. Um, InnovaCore made $103 million on that $3 million investment. It is probably... Uh, the highest return uh, ever uh, on an uh, incubation um, a piece uh, that any organization has achieved. And, uh, of course, it's really made their return on investment look really pretty good. I think he said in the interview that they've achieved a 22% return on investment. That's what a home run does
1: <laughs>
0: to your investments. But as we know, they're not all winners. And uh, but you, you're going to have winners and losers when when you're trying to support startups. And uh, but they had a big win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, as I said with the New Brunswick Innovation Foundation, when we talked to Jeff White, uh, if they'd open it up to private investors, I'd put some money in.
0: Well, I said that to him. I said, <laughs> "Can I invest?" <laughs> <laughs> um, the other interesting thing that came out of the interview that I didn't realize, David, is that uh, Innovacourse. Uh, somewhat unique uh, in this space because they kind of do the full suite of uh, support. They do incubation. They have three different labs, uh, three different facilities, um, including uh, supporting COVE, which we've had on this program. They do uh, acceleration programming uh, to support uh, their clients. And, of course, uh, they fund um, uh, organizations uh, by taking equity in businesses. So they're the only one uh, organization that kind of does all three that I'm aware of. And uh, and uh, that's what Malcolm uh, indicated, that they were quite unique, uh, actually, not just in the region, but across the country in that regard.
1: Yes, and they're supporting the Bioeconomy Versurance Centre at Cape Breton University in Cape Breton, which is a centre that's near and dear to my heart. So they are their fingerprints are all over the tech sector across Nova Scotia.
0: Yeah, we actually did talk about that briefly, and that's another that's another podcast that we need to do based on that conversation. That the Versen uh, Center is doing some very interesting work. Um, I guess it's on the bio uh, agricultural side of things, is it?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think it's broader bioeconomy, but they're basically they have bio refining and bio uh, reactor facilities that they're using to attract. Uh, startup uh, entrepreneurs from across the country to test their products, their new products, and their the, in uh, in uh, in Cape Breton.
0: This is one of the one of our the goals of our podcast is to educate people to what's going on in this region. The in- Nova core story is a really important story. Uh, Malcolm also mentioned that uh, there's a. There's a review of all the Crown Corps going on in Nova Scotia to ensure that they're doing what they should be doing. I'm pretty sure that Innovacore is going to come through that review with high marks based on our conversation. And I think people will enjoy learning a little bit more about Innovacore. So uh, here's our interview with Malcolm Fraser, their CEO. Malcolm, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks, Don. Happy to be
0: here. Let's begin by finding out a little bit about your personal background. We've known each other for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Prior to becoming the CEO of InnovaCore, you ran your own technology company. Can you tell us a little bit about your path to your current uh, role with InnovaCore?
2: Yeah. So uh, I've been a career entrepreneur um, and I've started and been involved with a number of business. My core business for many years, over 20 years, was ISL, which was a digital marketing agency. We designed and built everything on the internet for twenty years for most of the organizations uh, in this region in this country. So it was we were the largest digital agency in the region uh, for a long time. Uh, at the beginning of that, actually, I had a, a venture back startup called Euplicity, which I founded, which hmm. uh, back in the late '90s was actually doing real time credit card transactions over internet enabled cell phones. they have to go hmm. back and think about just before 2000 what its cell phone was back then but uh so we raised a bunch of money and built some awesome software it didn't work out ultimately but uh it was an exciting project no question uh and about seven years ago we sold isl to a larger national agency um i continued on with them for a little bit uh then uh was trying to think about what what do i do next uh A couple of people pointed me at this InnovaCorp opportunity and I dug into it. I got really excited about it, uh, joined. uh, And I have to tell you, uh, from the minute I got there, it became one of the most interesting things I've ever done, for sure.
0: Hmm. What attracted you to the opportunity to become CEO of Emmett NovaCorp in the first place, Malcolm?
2: Yeah, you know, I wasn't 100% sure when I first was looking into it, but, uh, uh, you know, two or three key things I think stick out for me. One, um, you know, the people involved at Innovacorp, both on the board, uh, the deputy minister and the the premier at the time were very bought into the development of the early stage high-tech growth startup ecosystem, uh, the team itself. And the more investigation I did, the more I started to understand sort of the the timing of what's happening in the ecosystem and, and, and the opportunity that presented this role to be, you know, impactful as to, as to what we're doing. And so, you know, all those things sort of led to me to say, look, it's a good time in a really interesting place. Uh, I'm always over committed to things that can help make Nova Scotia and Atlantic Canada, a better place economically. Uh, and so I said, this is it. I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah, let's find out a little bit more about Innovacore. Maybe you can tell us what the uh, the mandate is of the organization, perhaps a little bit about uh, your annual annual the annual budget you have to, uh, to do the work that you do.
2: Mm. So, uh, our mission is to find, fund, and foster early stage companies that are trying to change the world. Uh, so, we're looking for. Really interesting new technologies that are trying to commercialize at a global scale is really the focus there. From a budget standpoint, you know, we we, start, we have two pieces really. We have a we have a ten million dollar operating budget roughly every year uh, to run our facilities, our investment team, uh, and a lot of that actually is direct non dilutive support for companies. Uh, and then we have. Uh, you know, about a $40 million venture fund where we make direct investments into uh, early stage companies in Nova Scotia. We do some indirect investing as well into other funds, uh, but that, that's a different.
0: Right. So you, you, you actually take equity positions in companies, right? Yes,
2: that's right. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah.
0: What, what are your comparator organizations in the other Atlantic provinces?
2: uh interesting question you know one of the things that's exciting about the nova corp is that we're relatively unique in that we have uh incubation facilities acceleration programming and venture capital all under one roof uh, and this is unique really in north america from that point of view to have all those things organized pointing in the same direction but the peers that we work with throughout atlantic canada are nbif genesis out of newfoundland volta Arizona PEI. On the venture side, it's Concrete Ventures, Build Ventures, Sandpiper, Polaris, Killick. So we work with most of the, all of the players really in the ecosystem in the region.
0: I guess that people may not understand that there's a lot of collaboration happening across the organizations doing the kind of work that you are doing, right?
2: It's, it's probably one of the most exciting things about what's happening right now is that the uh, the leadership of a lot of the organizations in this sector are, are are very like-minded very focused collaborative people that is driving sort of the ability to you know turn one plus one into three uh, as we continue to develop this really exciting platform that is building a startup in Atlanta Canada
0: yeah we've had we've had a lot of uh, similar organizations on as you know um, recently had NBIF, we've had Propel, we've had Volta, uh, we've had uh, Cove. Um, you know, so there's, you know, we're trying to uh, shine a light on the work that's being done. It's, yeah. it's often under the radar, isn't it? Um, and But a lot of really good work that's being done. That's why we, w- we wanted to do this series. Um, so, you know, it's really important for people to understand uh, the good things that are happening. Now, a- as a Crown Corporation, you're outside of government, uh, but uh, a bit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you report to a relatively small board of directors. I, I know it's quite a small board of directors, mm. uh, but you obviously rely on uh, government for your funding. How does the how, how does this government model work for Innovacore?
2: Yeah, so you know we ha- we do have a management team that reports to a board. Um, within that, we have uh, an investment committee that provides oversight to our investment process and an audit committee that manages risk and reporting on on the overall organization uh, you know for the most part the model works quite well we work closely with the department of economic development and the deputy minister there and the ministers our shareholder representative you, you know it's there's always a little challenge in this kind of bifurcated model a little mm-hmm. bit where we have a board uh, and a single shareholder uh, uh, but you know for the most part it's, it's a it's a it's a Relationship that is designed to try and help make things work for the organization. Now, we've had some incredible success in the last little while, and it certainly challenged some of our governance processes. But all things that you would see expect to see as 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 Innovacorp evolves and the ecosystem grows.
0: Innovacorp manages the uh, province's early stage venture capital. It's called uh, Nova Scotia First Fund, I believe. Yeah. And I think you mentioned that the that the size of that fund currently is about forty million. Is that right?
2: That's about how much capital we have to invest at the moment, yes.
0: Okay. And, and how much is currently invested in early stage uh, uh, companies out of that fund?
2: Right. So we manage uh, about $130 million uh, under that fund at the moment um, between direct investments and indirect investments in other venture capital funds. And we have about 60 active investments right now in the fund, which are direct to companies. Uh, and in the pipeline, we have probably, you know, around 260 of those, which we might consider
0: active. Um, yeah. So the process of selecting companies, you now it's, uh, it's obviously you have a process that you go through to determine which ones you want to decide on. With having so many in the no, that's great that there's so many in the pipeline, but uh, yeah. the, there must be quite a competition to to get funded, right?
2: Yeah, well, that's the point of it. Good. Really, is is to it's make good. it you know uh, to to make it competitive, right? We need that. We need that mindset in in these entrepreneurs to make sure that they're really focused on what's unique about their business. How unique is the technology? What is the market they're trying to address? What? market problem are they solving and how big can it be and that those are key aspects that we look for in understanding all of these opportunities and trying to give in you know, our incubation and acceleration processes trying to wrap around the right advice services and support to allow them to move quickly through those milestones of growth
0: yeah so uh if you if you have uh, you, you probably have to have a focus that's Export oriented as as a key element, oh, right? Yeah, it's well, be I, key.
2: Yeah, if you think about our mission that I mentioned earlier, trying to change the world, uh, you know, and you look at venture fund economics in general, you know, these have to be big opportunities. They're not generally based on a small addressing a problem in a small economy. It's looking at something that's global in scope in nature and you know and I, I think that's a lot of the coaching that we provide along the way as well there's like really interesting technology or idea here how do we apply this at a global scale where does this problem exist around the world and who who cares about it enough to pay for it so it's that global view that i think is a big part of what's what's what can help make these ideas successful at the end of the day
0: right what sectors if any does uh, Innovacore uh, have as priorities currently
2: Uh, So we focus on uh, mainly deep technology sectors. So think scientific discoveries and engineering inventions. So ocean technology, health sciences, agricultural technology. Uh, We've got a great little industrial biotech cluster happening up in Cape Breton and and clean technology sectors as well. We do work with ICT companies uh, and we have a lot of investments in that sector as well. But there's a lot of other players helping. You've mentioned a bunch of them, Propel. Yeah. and others that are helping in those sectors yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, well, it's quite a, a broad um, spectrum um, of sectors, obviously, but it, you know, it, it's they also feature some sort of technology, right? It well, that's it.
2: Defendable, differentiated, uh, ideally intellectual, properly protected technology is what we're looking for, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Something mm-hmm. unique in the world.
0: Just a, a, an aside question, so uh, where are a lot of these companies coming out of? Are they coming out of the university uh, sector, or are they coming from, uh, you know, um, people who already run businesses and are doing different things? Where are they coming from?
2: Yeah, good question. Uh, uh, you know, a little bit of both. Uh, we spend a lot of time working with the universities to try and find, you know, what type of research is looking to be commercialized out of the research going on there um you know in the in the past few years especially in the ocean technology sector you're really looking at sort of maybe mid-career people that are are have found something interesting the ocean market is really evolving quickly as a global opportunity and can sort of step out into this type of uh, venture um so we're seeing you know a mix really i would say a little bit of that so you know a lot definitely is being driven out of the universities but more and more so from from, you know, the entrepreneurial mid-career executive type point of view jumping in.
0: And can you just talk a little bit about, uh, you know, um, uh, the immigrant uh, sector in terms yeah. of ideas coming out of that uh, that group? Uh, is that starting to be real? Uh,
2: uh, very real, uh, I would say. In a lot of and I'll use maybe the Ascend Bio project that we're doing with the Bersheron Center up in Cape Breton as a really great example of, of what's become a really interesting, globally relevant combination of uh, a facility with the right type of equipment to do sort of uh, pre-commercial testing on, on, on new sciences for the industrial biotech sector uh, coupled with, you know, onsite expertise to help with the science, coupled with the commercialization support that Innovacorp uh, provides with both capital and advice, and you know we're attracting companies from all over the world to come to that facility at the moment, and that's, you know, attracting really talented entrepreneurs to come to Nova Scotia to start and build their company from here. Now we've always had a certain um, a, a good proportion of our of our funnel sort of with people that have either come to Nova Scotia university and then build from there or have come to attracted for some aspect of, of our ecosystem. But uh, we're seeing that get pushed a little further lately. There's no question about it.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. That's that really is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously you have a focus on high growth uh, startups. How do you determine the growth prospects of early stage companies you choose to work with what you know you talked a little bit about the attributes attributes but this has got to be this has got to be a more art than science right <laughs>
2: uh it, it always is and, it's, and especially for us because you know you, you are uh, you have to be cognizant of our role i guess and that we're we provide a lot of support at the very early stage of these companies right like for either right out of research or the first thing that somebody's come up with hmm. and we sort of span to that series a funding round right which is where they've got their product pretty well figured out they're starting to scale their client base uh, around the world and are really looking for that capital to to scale up that company significantly and so I mean, we play very much in that early early phase of development of these companies um And so it it is, there is a little bit of art in trying to find, you know, these billion dollar opportunities out of these, out of the, out of these ideas that are there. But that's, as I said before, we look for, you know, great intellectual property, you know, uh, as clear defined as possible understanding of who cares, how will this innovation help a company, you know, create competitive differentiation or, be more efficient as a as a company uh how much do they care about that problem and are they willing to spend it and then you know we look at really important things like the capability and most importantly the coachability the founder or the founding team uh, to be able Mm to develop uh, uh, not just their company and their organization but their role as that as that business changes because it changes a lot in the time that they're with us
0: yeah, I I you know I've had a little bit of contact with an overcore over the years and uh, one of the things that uh, that I'd heard is that the heard in the past is that founders are great with the ideas but they're not necessarily great at the marketing side of commercializing their business. And I guess that leads me to my next question. What types of support services do you uh, provide your clients other than the funding itself?
2: Yeah, um yeah. I'll talk about a few of them. You know, uh, one of the venture services we provide is called the early stage commercialization fund. And this is that again, at the very beginning of the funnel here is, you know, you've got a researcher who's working on some interesting biotechnology, you know, maybe that researcher wants to commercialize it. They, they've raised all their funding for the research. This program can come in and provide, you know, some funding to help build the business out of it. So get the right intellectual property protection, figure out the right setup for how this organization might work, add some business expertise into the team. Um, that's a really good program. We've actually started uh, sharing that with MBIF in the last year or so as well. Oh, that's um, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So trying to share as much as possible because it's it's been a very, it's, it's a longer run program, but it generates great results for investable opportunities for us as well. Um, we have uh, an accelerate program, which is probably our most active program. That, you know is a really a rolling intake about three or four times a year we'll, we'll do a competition for it you know uh an organ a company can get up to up to 40k in any one of those applications uh, but what they really get and is access to a core group of entrepreneurs and residents who provide critical business advice to our clients and it's pretty interesting hearing the feedback from that you know it's Interesting that they, they'll come for the money, but at the end of it, they'll say, well, the money was nice, but the value was in the people that actually helped us figure out how to make this work. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about immigration. We're a startup visa partner, and so we use that program to attract entrepreneurs to Canada. Uh, we partner with other organizations. We have a program called Green Shoots uh, that focused on agritech and industrial biotech companies. Talked about the Assurance Center. We partner with BDC and ACOA on the Volta cohort program. Uh, which is a little bit of capital a little bit of vice um, and we've partnered with cdl genesis center mbf pei bio alliance on this uh the ocean startup project which is a really performant uh, project that we've all collaborated on with the supercluster to help instigate more companies starting in the ocean sector here in Atlantic canada in canada so I could go on on, on about the program. Yeah, so, there's a, there's was, a lot.
0: To, I guess that's, that's why we do, that's why we're doing these podcasts, Malcolm, is yeah. to share what's going on behind the scenes. And uh, that was a good overview. Uh, you also uh, kind of maintain three incubation facilities, uh, including the bays, the labs, and cove. Can you tell us about the focus of each of these facilities and how they differ?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, it's really interesting. This combination of place and facilities along with advice and capital, I think, is a a big part of our competitive advantage as an organization. Um, And so the labs is on Summer Street. Uh, It's integrated with the Dell campus. It's about 40,000 square feet of rentable space, but it's specialized in that we have uh, wet labs that are available for companies like ColorSmith Smith to come in and do their work, you know, which is a lot of chemistry essentially. And so, you know, got these fume hoods and gas at the tables and the labs and that sort of thing, which for an early stage company coming right of university, it'd be extremely expensive to build or find something like that. And we have the ability, we've, we've put the infrastructure in place, they can come in and lease at very flexible terms to be able to try and prove their business out. Um, and we have high demand for that that space as well uh, similar over in Woodside industrial Park, we have the bays, which is it's its core asset is really these uh light industrial bays so if you're doing early manufacturing or uh, g i t which is a marine coatings company that we work with, you know they're they're creating their first commercial paints out of that facility, so you know you need the right ventilation, you need a big space, you need the right power. All these things that'd be very expensive to try and set up at, at the stage of these companies and we can offer it uh, again at, at a flexible and engaging environment and similar, similarly the startup yard at cove uh is is that place where you can have direct access to the oceans and 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 i think most importantly about each of these facilities is the culture that we try to build around them right they're all a little different um just because of the nature of the type of tenancy that's there but you're trying to curate an experience where founders and senior team members and and uh, can interact with each other they're all trying to solve similar problems raising money hiring people uh, understanding markets you know they learn a lot from that peer to peer engagement and that's a big part of what these facilities can really offer to people
0: yeah, so they're they're uh, I guess uh, they're basically full at the moment. I, yeah, we uh, we had uh, Melanie um, Nadeau on uh, yeah. not that long ago talking about Cove. Uh, she indicated, I believe, at the time that there's like sixty ocean related companies kind of in, in their facility yeah. doing very interesting things. So. Lot of, uh, a lot of a lot of exciting activities going on at each of those uh, facilities, obviously. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, and a line up for the spaces for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's the other part. I mean, you know, the demand for that space must be uh, uh, pretty uh, pretty high. Is there is there a, a, a length of time that people are allowed to stay in those facilities? Is there is there that sort yeah. of thing.
2: No, we try to manage it as not a forever place. It's a get get off the ground place. And so we're we're very attentive to, you know, the needs of the company at an early stage. But what does it take for them to graduate out? And right. And you know, that's a milestone in itself for the stability of the business. And so a, a lot of our work is really focused on that. Like, great, you're here. These are some rare assets. We need to continually reuse them. Come in. Maybe you're here for one, two, three years, and hopefully by then you're stable enough to go find your own location.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask you about the average term. So it's it's all it varies a lot. It varies, but it's probably not much more than three years overall.
2: Yeah. Sometimes a little longer depends. You know, if it's a clean tech versus a uh, a health sciences company, you know, they're going to be vary a little bit.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, You also provide various uh, acceleration programs. Uh, Can you just outline some examples of uh, of that programming?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I talked a little bit about Accelerate, which is sort of the the main platform that we use. And, uh, you know, to your point earlier, you know, our founders are generally scientists, engineers uh, or coders, and they really understand their subject matter expertise, but they don't really understand necessarily how to build and manage a business at the end of the day. And so, you know, we provide a little bit of capital and with that access to a suite of entrepreneurs or executive and residents can help them understand HR, how to build culture and develop a team, Uh, governance, how do you use it and how is it valuable to the management of your organization, Uh, finance, what your cap table need to look like today versus five years from now and how do you manage that? Um, You know, a lot of coaching on pitching and, and prep for raising capital on So all these, you know, uh, functions within an organization that might not be natural to a lot of people and give them as much expertise around it. And each of these EIRs comes with a fairly interesting network. And so that allows them to access expertise or markets or people all over the world as well. Um, And, you know, we're excited about that program because the our percentage of companies that go into that program and end up raising capital is, is significantly high, higher than most programs you'd see even tech stars or something like that. We can, we can perform better than those.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I think you mentioned a couple of times that, you know, having access to other people in a similar situation and, and also providing access mm-hmm. to networks, which like I've done a bit of mentoring over the years, it's really about connecting people, the right people to the right other people to get things yeah. done, right? So that's obviously gotta be a good part of what you do as well.
2: Yeah, we're in the middle of a project that we're doing with a, a bunch of our partners in the region uh, where we've engaged the Startup Genome Organization, which right. measures the performance of a startup ecosystem and they do it all over the world. Um, we did it a few years ago, found out that in our maturity stage that Atlantic Canada is number four in the world as a startup ecosystem, really? um, okay. which is a really awesome outcome. And so this is a little deeper dive project right now but to to your point a, a big a big part of that measurement is our internal and global connectiveness right mm. what access do we have to people uh, and organizations and experts and capital around the world and as we evolve these companies and the state of our ecosystem I would say where we have more and more companies that are scaling and exiting and re re re-entering with new ideas those global networks are getting more and more established and effective and that's what's attracting capital and talent uh and uh to 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 the ecosystem where these companies can can thrive more effectively
0: right uh, you mentioned already that innovacore is working with the Virture Center in Cape Breton. They're focused on biotechnology, I guess, is mm. is kind of their their focus. Tell us about uh, a little bit more about that work. I, we're hoping actually to have them on in the future, uh, specifically. But uh, it's a lot of interesting things happening there, right?
2: Absolutely. So um, Beth Mason's the CEO up there at, at the Virture Center, and. Uh, and she has a very successful sort of um, science and business b- background in in, in, the, in the industrial biotech sector, and so she brings a lot of very practical experience and, and a more more commercial mindset than you usually see to to that environment. But you know, the these industrial biotech companies are looking sort of for very specific facilities uh, to help take it from like a lab, like you figured out this enzyme that's going to be a more effective tool in the food system in the food production system but you you've done it at a bench scale but now you need to put it in a produce it at a much larger scale and they have those tools available which is rare to find them that aren't either in a big food company or in a university environment and so the fact that it's not in either one of those makes it unique as well so she's created a great team of 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 chemists and scientists that can really help with the science that needs to happen to sort of get that pre-commercial proof happening for these early-stage companies, and then Paul Richards from our team uh, and Bob Pally work with the companies to help on the commercialization side. So, like I said, team development, governance, finance, uh, marketing—all those things that sort of need to help as the as the as the as the opportunity evolves into a global market opportunity.
0: Uh, just as an aside, I love he's making these connections, but uh, Bob Pelly actually worked with me early in yeah. his career. Right. I taught him everything he knows. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you for that. He's been super valuable to us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is a great guy. Um, let's talk about performance measurement. And in, in our discussion with Jeff uh, White mm-hmm. of the New Brunswick Innovation Foundation, he was telling us that, uh, you know, their performance is based on the return on the investments that they make over a period of time. And yeah. he was very open about it, you know, that, you know, it only takes one big one to make it look good. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that's <an laughs> the venture it, capital business. So. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's what, you know, but I think he was saying that they, they were achieving an annual return of uh, something slightly above 6% per annum, which is, you know, it's a pretty good return. Yeah. Uh, how does uh, InnovaCore measure your performance?
2: so uh we have uh, you know because of our multiple lines of business we have really three areas of focus for performance so you know how many new companies are we seeing and engaging with and how many of them in the core sectors that we uh focus on are really sort of our, our balancing numbers for the find piece of our business uh on the foster piece it's really you know what graduations have companies had over their over the year like gone from an idea stage to an accelerate stage to maybe their first angel round to a pre-seed round to a a seed round. So we measure those graduations as performance uh, against it. And and yes, our our fund performance is how we measure as well. And so, you know, comparatively, uh, you know, we have an, an an overwhelming win this year. So our IRR since 2010 is about 22.6 percent right now in our fund.
0: Oh, wow! I want to invest in your fund. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to as well. <laughs> uh, wow, that's and,
2: fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think our, you, you know, our the enterprise value of our of all the companies in our fund, not our share of it, but of all of them, is is about 1.5 billion right now. So fairly significant.
0: That is significant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly why we do these podcasts. I mean, that that's information I don't think is generally well-known. No, um, that's right. right.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: in fact, earlier this week, one of the companies that you have invested in, Planetary Technology, I actually got a chance to meet the young man who runs that company at the uh, chamber event this week, yeah, won a million-dollar award from the Elon Musk Foundation for its accelerated carbon transition platform now i don't pretend to understand what that's all about but maybe you can tell us a little bit about this company
2: <laughs> i'll try and get a little bit more granular than that but it won't be super great um, mike tellen's an incredible entrepreneur actually he is he's a great person and, and and when you when you look at this and carbon cur- cure success in the x prize you know i have to think that atlanta canada and nova scotia's uh, Got to be overperforming globally in our ability to produce companies that are successful in that in that environment. Um, but uh, Planetary has a really interesting uh, platform that removes COT from the atmosphere, uh, stores it. Uh, it can also convert mine tailings into safe, pure al- alkalinity, um, and that generates hydrogen uh, that can replace fossil fuels. And they can then use that alkalinity to uh, reduce the the local impacts of ocean acidification. So, you know, removing carbon from the air, turning it into a valuable product, and making the ocean more healthy. So, you know, you've got a real multiple win situation there with with what he's doing. It's it's a super interesting company. They are, uh, you know, they're very performative hitting their milestones on a regular basis uh, it is really one of those big uh, moonshot top type of opportunities where if they're successful at a global scale it will be massive both from a business standpoint but also have a significant impact on our environment as well so i think that that's that's a really important thing to think about
0: Yeah. Just to go a little further, I noticed uh, uh, that they plan to open pilot plants in Nova Scotia, Quebec, and the UK uh, Mm -hmm. later this year. So it's getting, they're they're testing the viability of this, obviously. And uh, so they're close, right?
2: Yeah, they're getting there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. And, you know, I think when you were talking about measurements a second ago, uh, you know, one of the things that, that we haven't done yet that I'd really like to find the right Framework to measure against is beyond just the return of these investment, but you know, because we're very focused on deep technology, there's not a company here that's not making a positive difference on on humans' interactions with our planet. Like, what is the benefit of the return to society mm-hmm. by reducing our impact on the planet through these investments as well?
0: Um, yeah, that's that's a great point,
2: and I would but, love to find the right way to do that.
0: Yeah. Uh, you you have other examples of companies that have benefited from uh, Nova Course Funding. Can you just give us a couple more? Because I think it, yeah, you know, we'd like to really let people know uh, about the kinds of companies that are involved here.
2: Absolutely. So you know, in the later stage, I mentioned Carbon Cure a minute ago. So they extract CO two and put it into concrete and store it. And it's it's you know they've attracted capital from uh, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and, and their funds. Uh, and are a global sensation x prize winners as well so that is a really interesting globally scaling tech company um another later stage one that we have dash hudson uh which is a company that uh, employs over 200 people uh here in Halifax, and they have a platform that uh and i do a bad job of explaining all of these probably but um uh they work with uh uh, visual imagery uh, on platforms like Instagram to help understand what's performant and not, and measure the impact and, and performance of, of your content uh, on digital platforms. Hmm. Uh, working with global brands around the world, uh, a huge success story. Uh, ABK Biomedical, uh, which is a therapeutics organization, they produce drugs that can be effective. They just uh, announced human trials for one of their one of their uh, their creations and that's a, that's a big milestone for them as well um Leaf, which is a really interesting uh company that has sort of encapsulated the the growth of leafy greens uh mccain's is very involved in that business of how do you how do we create produce that we consume you know on a more effective basis without the impacts of weather and and they they figured out how to do that and again are globally scaling as well um uh the last one i guess to not over uh, i could go on for days but um graphene innovation technologies which is Mm. a really interesting company again here's here was two young entrepreneurs they were working with this this uh product called graphene they created Mm -hmm. a coating or a paint um and they said yeah we this is really good for marine applications i said well you gotta explain that to me a little better well you know it, it 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 it's It's corrosive resistant, so less maintenance on boat. Uh, Biofouling happens a lot less, not a lot sticks to it from that standpoint. So you're not dragging species around the world from port to port. Um, uh, They've uh, evolved it even further where with the right primer, it can actually reduce the amount of acoustic impact of a ship going through the water on the environment around it. But most importantly, it has a very low friction coefficient. So, I said, well, explain that to me. What does that mean? Well, if you put this on the hull of a container ship that's going back and forth to China, then you can probably save—I'll make up the numbers—like 100 to 200 thousand dollars in fuel costs back and forth because it slips faster through the water.
0: Huh. Wow.
2: So, you know, really important cost issue for the operator reduces the amount of uh, fuel that is consumed and reduces the amount of effluent from that fuel being consumed into the atmosphere. So really awesome product, and they're just at the beginning of scaling.
0: That yeah, well. uh, that's that's those are great examples, and I, and I think it gives a good uh, perspective of the kinds of things that are happening, um, um, you know, under your under your roof, basically. So I mm. think that that's that's very good. Thanks very much. That so this is the big. when is what is the best return on investment that uh, Innovacore has done to date?
2: Yeah, well, no question that happened this year. Um so uh, our biggest winner has been uh Meta. Um it's a company George Palo Casera set founded. Uh they are a material science company. Um so we put uh over a couple of different investments uh, $3 million into that company. Uh they uh this year uh it went public and then took over another public company in the NASDAQ. And that was able for us to return $101 million from that $3 million wow. back to us, which is why our IRR is so good right now. <laughs> um,
0: wow. Well, it and, just goes to show you, however, that uh, you're not going to have all winners, No, but you, but you need just a few to make it really, you know, significant.
2: You know, in, in the, you know, a few good points out of this outcome. I mean, it, it's rare in the BC world to hit a 35 X, hit like that, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're pretty excited that it's happened at Innovacorp, And it, it, it speaks to the dedication of our investment team and the ability to achieve such an unbelievable return. Uh, metamaterial is a company that's utilized all the services of Corp, right? So they've been in our incubation facility, they've used all our acceleration program, we invested capital in them. And we believe that all those things, when put together, actually we've done research on it, it, it provides a higher likelihood of success for these companies. Um, and and from an Atlantic Canadian standpoint, you know, this is one of three unicorns that our region's produced in the last two years. That's really mm-hmm. you know a unicorn is a valuation over a billion dollars, and so that's a significant milestone. That's demonstrating that we are fully capable of building world-class companies from the ingenuity, and perseverance of entrepreneurs right here in, in Atlantic Canada.
0: So that's yeah, that's is, exactly. we're hitting it
2: out of the park right now for yeah our, our, our per per capita population. We're we're doing it. Yeah. Exciting.
0: Uh, just a few more questions, Malcolm. Uh, mm. um, I know that the province is currently undertaking a review of all its economic development activities. Uh, maybe you can tell us what the basis of this review and what is the potential impact on InnovaCore mm. Of oh, the okay, review.
2: Yeah, like you know, uh, new government in place, so they want to look at everything and 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 understand what what's happening there, which is great. I mean, we're we're excited about the potential outcome of this review. You know, we're a Highly performant organization focused on key sectors that the province is focused on and how they're going to build and transform the economy. And uh, I expect that we will continue on our mission and be given the latitude and resources to produce more metamaterials outcomes, and really make a big impact in our economy here.
0: Well, you, you may not, or you may have heard this. I, you know, I've been challenging the economic development agencies in our region to be more metric driven. You, are, you have the metrics, so you're, you're in good shape that way, but I mean, you need to prove the worth of the organization, right? Yeah. And um, and we need to get a return on the investment that we we make. Uh, you know, I I did a rough estimate. You know, we probably spend with federal inputs more than a billion dollars of economic development. It's a lot of money. Yeah, and you know, we gotta we gotta make sure that we're getting a good return. Obviously, you're you're you just gave us a bunch of examples of the return. So you know, that's what we need every economic agency to be able to do. Mm -hmm. then we know we're going to get a return on that investment.
2: That's right.
0: Um, One other thing that's happening recently, and and for disclosure purposes, I'm kind of involved in this, so I might as well state it up front. As you know, uh, there's a private sector group that is currently advocating for the creation of a regional equity tax rebate or credit that would allow investors from any of the four provinces to invest in any other Atlantic province, uh, other than their own, and receive a tax credit for that for, from that province. What is your opinion of this proposed regional equity uh, tax rebate program?
2: Yeah, so you know, I've been in a few of those calls as well, Don. So, you know, I'm a supporter of this initiative for sure. You know, it recognizes that capital has no boundaries, especially within Atlantic Canada, and, and mm-hmm. it has the opportunity to provide the fuel capital. To many early stage, but also transitioning companies in our region, and so you know, I think the the, the if we can reduce the number of barriers it takes for people to engage uh, with their capital, that's that's a good thing for for our economy in general.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of money in the sidelines, as we all know. So yeah, looking for right. a place to invest. So, absolutely. Yeah, uh, looking ahead, what are the biggest challenges for Novacore over the next few years, Malcolm?
2: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, You know, uh, I think uh, on the top of the list is really continuing to develop a stronger private sector venture capital ecosystem. You know, uh, that's something that we've always been involved in and helping, you know, get more private, mainly managed capital in the region. And that's something we will continue to focus on. You know, uh, it's not anybody who won't tell you that the attraction and development of the skills we need. for our companies, but also for our team is is really important. Uh, and we need to think differently about sort of what it means to attract and build culture, to attract cap, uh, human capital to to our region. Uh, and and really, you know, when you look at the data of how this ecosystem is developing, it's really keeping up with the level of activity that we continue to see. Um, more and more companies are starting in, in different sectors. Each of these sectors are growing on their on their own uh, growth rate, but it's just providing more and more activity for us to pay attention to and get involved.
0: You know, I, I, you know, I, I tracked these numbers over a long time, but <clears throat> Atlantic Canada, generally speaking, has a smaller private sector uh, in its economy relative to the rest of the country. Yep. Uh, all these activities add to the private sector side of things, obviously. I think it, it's really healthy that we we get closer to the national um, sort of level of private sector employment versus public Mm -hmm. sector employment, because that actually funds growth in the province in a way that the public sector really can't. So, you know, you're contributing to rebalancing
1: (laughs) the workforce in Atlantic Canada.
0: Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. uh, finally, based on the current trends for startups in Nova Scotia, and maybe even in the region overall, because I'd like to look at the region and mm. what's going on there, how yeah. optimistic are you about the future of the province and the region? Uh,
2: you know, uh, very, really, at least certainly in the sector that I, I look at. You know, I, one of the most interesting things that's happened in the last few years uh through programs like Creative Destruction Lab is sort of the 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 integration of those uh, uh I hate to say this word but sort of traditional entrepreneurs who have been very successful in our region getting involved in these early stage high tech companies it's mm. it's capturing their attention it's capturing their capital it's capturing their advice and networks and it's really providing a significant you know leg up on the competitiveness of the companies that we produce here uh that are that have the opportunity to scale and grow and to your point build you know larger private sector workforces in our region and so that's probably one of the more exciting things that 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 really we should be thinking about why we can continue to be successful at the rate that we're going because we have you know globally successful companies that have been built here over the last hundred years that are that have a lot of network expertise that can really provide a lot of value to these early stage entrepreneurs that are really trying to figure out how to, how to, how to change the world. So yeah, that that makes it exciting for me. Really.
0: We had John Risley on, I don't know if you listened to that podcast, but you know, he runs his own venture fund, Mm. CFFI venture fund. He was, he was telling us that he's invested in 25 companies. Yeah, and you know what he brings to the table. Oh know? yeah, so uh, you know it's exciting that uh, people like John are reinvesting, um, you know, their success in other companies and, and building more success. So it's a great trend for their for our region for sure. Yeah.
2: John's well, definitely prolific in his efforts for sure, but I think we're also seeing comp- founders that have started companies and are reinvesting back into new companies at the same time as well. Uh, yeah. Kevin yeah. Sullivan, who used to be the CEO of ABK, he came out of that. He's got a new company, 3D Biofiber. He's getting that off the ground. It's an incredible mm-hmm. material science company as well. So there's there's lots of that sort of reintegration that is really important to the success of the ecosystem that's happening. Yeah,
0: and I just want to make a personal note here. I mean, you know, I, I've since I sold my company, I invested in another one, looking at a couple of other opportunities. Uh, here's my observation. There is so much opportunity for people looking to invest in companies in this region. It's never been as good, never. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's, uh, you know, for people out there with money looking to invest, you know, they probably could should talk to you because you might have a few ideas for them, right? Absolutely.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We're always looking for co-investors. There's no question. (laughs) You know, I think that brings up another point, Don, that's important is that uh, in in one of the things that we could work on uh, in this region right now is, is uh, uh, a more organized um, angel capital network Um, Hmm. and uh, it really requires someone who is an angel uh, who has a network of other people that are capable of being angels to really instigate but
0: yeah yeah
2: it's something that i think can can, yes it'll wrangle a whole bunch of money but more importantly it'll wrangle a whole bunch of expertise and networks that can really make a difference to companies here small large and medium so
0: yeah, That's and something what, we should look at. We're, we're finding in our conversations that people often say money is important, but more importantly is the mentorship and networks that those investors 100%. bring to the table, right? Absolutely. So, Yeah. yeah. No question. Malcolm, uh, thank you so much for joining us on our Insights podcast and helping us better understand the role that InnovaCore is playing in building the economy in Nova Scotia. And I want to wish you continued success. Thank you. We're going to do it. That's for sure. (laughs) Thank you. All right. You've been listening to the latest episode of the Huddle Insights Podcast. Mark Legere helped produce this episode. You can follow the show and listen to past episodes on podcast platforms like Apple and Spotify. And if you've enjoyed listening, please recommend the show to a friend. Don and David will be back again next week. This episode of Insights was brought to you by MNP Digital. A firm that guides, protects, and empowers organizations along their digital journey. See how at mnpdigital.ca.